Hello, I'm your host Gillian Semler. You're listening to Let's Talk, brought to you by CityLets. Let's Talk is a dedicated property show for the world of property letting, investment, legislation, personal stories and much more. If you want to get in touch direct, just reach out. Let's Talk at citylets.co.uk. Joining me today is Jamie Kerr, owner and managing director of Ben Property. Afternoon. Good afternoon, Gillian. Thank you thanks. for having me. Oh, thanks for coming in. Now, you've been a client of CityLet since almost the beginning. So tell us a bit more about the journey of Ben Property. Yes, thank you, Gillian. Um, basically, yeah, I joined up uh, with CityLet when I started my own company in 2008, uh, which was Mackenzie Care Properties. Uh, we then took over Ben Property in 2011. Um, it was owned by E.G. Thompson Holdings before that. Um, who had previously taken over uh, the Jenner's letting department, um, which was founded in 1919. Um, and they then changed the name to Ben Property in line with the fact that they owned the Ben Line uh, shipping line, yeah. uh, Ben Lorry's Travel, uh, Ben Line Agencies and various uh, other Ben right, enterprises, okay. hence the Ben Property. Um, I've been called Ben an awful lot since <laughs> that time, cool. which... Uh, is by the by. Right, so that's okay. Basically, the story. Now, City Lets and Ben Property have more in common than just property letting. We're both involved with cricket. Now, City Lets has, in fact, sponsored the Scottish Cup and the Schools Cup for the past few years because cricket's a large passion of yours, isn't it? Yes, well, I used to play a, a, a lot of cricket. I uh, played for Carlton Cricket Club, which, in fact, City Lets sponsored that's for a right. number of years. Um, also involved with the Scotland squad for, for a good number of years. Uh, when City Lets were sponsoring the, the, the Grange Cricket Ground. Mm -hmm. We, in fact, uh, at Ben Property, once I'd retired from playing cricket, we decided to start sponsoring Merkiston School, where I went to school. Um, there's a big focus at Merkiston on the rugby, and I thought to put something back into to the cricket yeah. side of things. So that's worked out quite well. And we also sponsor uh, the Eastern Knights, which is the sort of Edinburgh region or Eastern region, right. below the, the Scottish level. So that's been uh, pretty successful. They were, had a successful year last year. So. Great. Yeah. That's good to hear. So huge involvement then with cricket. So with it being, obviously, it's a large team sport and relies much on kind of expertise and decision making. How do you think playing cricket, has it helped you develop Ben Property to what it is now at all? Yeah, well, I think a big thing with any sport, whether it be rugby, cricket or, or anything, is the, the team aspect. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, there's individuals in a cricket team that all bring things together to be, to, to, to sort of be the sum of all parts as mm -hmm. such. And uh, the team is very much uh, a big emphasis for Ben Property. Everybody brings different things to the table, different expertise, different skill sets. And I think having played cricket to a fairly good standard and, and knowing that sort of aspect of yeah. things has helped us a lot Moving back to the other passion of yours, property letting, Ben Property appeared to specialise in high-end properties. Was this intentional? How did this come about? Um, I think we sort of always had fairly high-end properties and obviously having these properties does bring other uh, clients to the table. Um, other factors such as uh, the crash, I suppose, mm -hmm. back in 2008, um, then independence, uh, political uncertainty, uh, Brexit, uh, change in tax legislation with mm. LBTT and stamp duties on second homes. A lot of people that were relocating to Edinburgh, whether it be for work purposes, uh, with a contract that's maybe only a year, 
or for schooling with children going to Merkiston Fetties, Stuart's mm -hmm. Melville, wherever they may be going to school, um, the actual purchasing of a house at the higher end means there's huge tax implications and mm -hmm. I know that many other um, sales agents as well as letting agents have discussed this that the the LBTT and stamp duty is prohibitive um, to the whole market um, even it affects first-time buyers mm -hmm. right down the ladder it stagnates the whole market and it stagnates it? the yeah. whole market so what it tends to be is that people relocating will you know the companies will pay their rent or um, will be more willing to, to, to rent for two or three years prior to buying uh, to see the lay of the land. And I think no more so than currently with Brexit and um, uh, the Scottish government rattling a few cages. Mm -hmm. The, the uncertainty is there, which, which enables, uh, enables the market, the high-end market to grow. So what do you think is the demand for properties of such value in the current market, you know, and how would you describe a typical tenant for these properties? Again, going back to the d demand is is, mm -hmm. is, is good. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's not easy at that end of the market. You've got to you know you've got to really service people's needs uh, and service both the client and the tenant. Um, the typical tenant is is normally professional family. Mm -hmm. um, could even be family and and husband or wife mm -hmm. work away and maybe come back uh, for weekends. Uh, the children going to school here. Um, obviously, Edinburgh has you know, a great number um, of uh, very good schools yeah, um, across the board, whether mm -hmm. that be public or private. Um, hence, a lot of people do come, come to Edinburgh. And draw into um, the city. Yes. Well, can more specifically then, what's your view of the Edinburgh trends in the rental market? Um, well, as I'm sure you know, yeah. the City Lights report mm -hmm. obviously indicates, um, you know, several factors there. I mean, the, the, the market's always growing. Edinburgh's mm -hmm. growing stronger and stronger. Um, I don't think it's, it's not growing out with proportion. It's, it's no. steady. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I think some some will have you believe in certain sectors that will remain nameless that that, that rents are skyrocketing. They're not. It's mm -hmm. it's very much a, a, a level, mm -hmm. uh, steady progression, yeah. which is which is good for for investors, and also it's you know, it, it's good for tenants too. It's not. I mean, ultimately, the rents are not being artificially inflated. So no. Well, it's been reported, kind of on another note, that 7% of UK landlords have moved over to short-term lets, obviously given the kind of cuts to tax relief and possibly a potential increase in profits for them. Have you noticed many Edinburgh landlords moving to short-term lets? Yes, I mean, over the last year or so, we, we have seen a, a, a small to medium exodus to, to, to try that market. Mm -hmm. um, we have also seen in the past three, four months... Um, a reversal in that. Um, we've seen a great deal of landlords that went to try the short-term um, Airbnb for, for want of a better um, platform mm -hmm. market. And yes, the figures look quite good on paper. I think when you get down to the nitty-gritty, unless you're actually running it yourself, um, you're changing the sheets, you're checking yeah. people in, you're doing the cleaning. If you do all that, mm -hmm. yes, you'll make money and it'll be profitable. If you have to employ a company to do that and have overheads, um, it, it becomes quite cost prohibitive with void periods. And, and you know, ultimately, the short term letting market has got so proliferated across the, the spectrum that the mm -hmm. rents have come down on, on short term lets because there's so many mm -hmm. um, and spread out over a wide, wide field. 
Um, the other factor is it's, it's very much an unregulated business. Um, as you'll know, the, the, the private residential sector is increasingly regulated, mm -hmm. if not um, as regulated as it possibly could be. I don't know if we can come up with anything else. Mm -hmm. I'm sure we will. But um, but we've seen other cities have kind of quite strict regulations brought in regarding kind of short-term lets, well, and specific kind of on the Airbnb side of things, haven't we, which may obviously come into effect. I think they will. To Edinburgh. Um, mm -hmm. Again, how they are policed is another story. Mm -hmm. um, the, I think the government were, were mentioning that the, the councils will have to police it now. I just don't think that's possible um, because I don't think the council have the, the staff uh, to do so uh, or, or the, the funding. However, um, I think something needs to be done, mm -hmm. um, whether it be safety standards, minimum days let. Um, I'm, I'm not against the Airbnb. I, mm -hmm. I think there's a place for Airbnb. I think it's uh, what it's originally made for. You rent your spare room, you rent your property if you're away for a few mm -hmm. months. Um, however, the, the, the overall expansion of it sort of where people are buying properties solely to, to Airbnb 365 days a year, if that's at all possible, um, it's, it's ruining communities, mm -hmm. um, which, is, which is a great shame, mm -hmm. um, really. And in Edinburgh, you just need to walk around any day of the week and there's trolley bags uh, yeah, being, being trolled through yeah. the city everywhere. Mm -hmm. Well, the PRT became effective in December 2017. Obviously, this brought about significant changes to the private rented sector. However, let's concentrate on rent increases and rent pressure zones. So for those listening, can you explain more about these? Yeah, I mean, obviously, that with the new PRT, um, the government uh, brought in that you can only review the rent uh, once every 12 months. Um, and in line with uh, CPI, uh, mm -hmm. plus 1%. Ultimately, that's more than we had before. I mean, when we raised rents before, during a tenancy, it was to RPI, Retail Price Index, which is probably half of what CPI mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. And very rarely did we review rents. Um, ultimately, the, the, the market sort of dictated rents, and, and you would... Maybe change the rent when a new property came up to let again and went on the open market. Um, I'm a landlord myself, and like any landlord, you know if you've got a good tenant and you don't you don't upset them, you don't raise no, the rent unless, you want unless to you're keep off, them. off uh -huh. yeah, unless just... you're off off kilter mm -hmm. majorly. Um, but ultimately, you know, void periods, um, empty properties, and and remarketing etc. cost you more than probably reviewing your rent by 50 exactly. to 100 pounds. Again, the, the government were right to, to bring in a, a certain cap because there are and have been certain unscrupulous mm -hmm. landlords out there who probably have tried to raise the rent too much. And now there there is a, a you know, redress yes. there for tenants, which, I mean, ultimately tenants need protection uh, as much as, as, as agents and landlords. Mm -hmm. um, the rent pressure zones, uh, ultimately, to my knowledge, uh, they don't exist at the moment. Um, mm -hmm. Ultimately, it's due to um, there's a lack of, of, of statistical mm -hmm. knowledge um, for the councils to bring these uh, rent pressure zones in. I believe that they would like to bring them in. And I mm -hmm. think as soon as the new PRT came out, most councils were rubbing their hands saying, how can we bring them in? Ultimately, though, when they sat down and actually thought about it, the lack of any statistical uh, knowledge uh, kind of negates that. But that's right, because obviously, I mean, 
that is one of the main concerns is the lack of data for local councils to make a decision on yeah. RPZs. Now, Citylets has come up with a solution and has created a blockchain-based ledger um, to monitor mid-tenancy rent rises. Now, this has had a lot of backing and support from key letting agents such as yourself, um, who are aware that the blockchain technology provides a highly secure ledger. Can you explain, in your view, just how beneficial this will be to the rental market? I think, you know, like other agents that are involved with this, it's it's priceless mm -hmm. to, to a point. I mean, we, we need to, as an industry, assist uh, councils and government with making educated decisions and policies. Mm -hmm. um, now, if we, could, if we don't supply them with the data, if, if, if city lets and agents don't get together to help um, and supply verified um, quantitative data that actually sort of stacks up, unfortunately, I think um, councils potentially will be pulling figures from, from, from a hat yeah, without any concerning. kind of knowledge, which, mm -hmm. which isn't really fake. It, it could actually be detrimental to yeah. tenants, actually, mm -hmm. uh, in the long run, uh, rather than helping them. Uh, ultimately, it's all we want is a level playing field and, and, and it to be a, a, you know, a well-regulated and uh, maintained industry. How do you think the PRS has been affected so far since the announcement of Brexit? And what are your predictions for post-March 2019? That's uh, a, a very difficult question. And if I had a crystal ball, I'd be able to give you the answer. However, I think, like anything, Gillian, with, with uh, any sort of political instability, I think the rental market is, is, if anything, probably benefits slightly from that because people are less likely to, to buy a property and more likely to rent for the period of uncertainty that, that is sort of prevalent. Um, predictions post-March 2019, well, I, I'm not sure. It's uh, mm -hmm. very difficult to say. Mm -hmm. um, I think the world will still turn, um, but uh, what, what happens to, to any market unfortunately across the board uh, will be will be interesting to see yeah interesting times well moving on to a very different subject pets an important part of ben property i believe is the furry member of the team louis yes louis he uh, he comes to work every day um <laughs> he's pretty good for morale in the office um although he's he's getting on a bit now is louis um, he tends to How sleep old's louis now? he'll be 11 in january all oh, right okay um He's still very puppyish, but no, he sleeps a lot during the day. Aww. But he does boost morale. Uh, yeah, and, uh, but... Yeah, and I think contractors like coming in to see him and giving him biscuits. That's good all so right. he seems to be happy. That's not bad. Yeah. Well, I understand Build to Rent um, in the States. They give, a, you know, a lot of consideration during the design stage around tenants having pets. Um Build to Rent, it was mentioned in um, this year's forum. A lot of the focus on the design stage here seems to be on people having bicycles. Um, do you feel Build to Rent in the UK has the right balance for tenant requirements? I feel that Build to Rent in the, the UK needs to be encouraged. Mm -hmm. um, I think like anything, you know, the, the government has to, to, to back it a, a lot more. Mm -hmm. um, I think the balance between bicycles and pets, um, I think, should probably be in the in the background. It does need to be thought about. Mm -hmm. I think the fact that let's build the units, let's get the, the buildings mm -hmm. there. Yes, they have to be built correctly. Um, bicycles is, is fine. We're we're obviously going into the green yes. green world, electric cars, etc. Um, so, yep, that's that's very prevalent. Um, 
I think pets as well. I mean, 17% of the population own cats, 22% own dogs. Mm -hmm. We see this a lot, especially with, with some of the higher end properties, family properties. Um, families quite often have pets. Yeah. Um, so that has to be taken into account. Now, that's not to say that we only let to people with pets. No, no. I mean, uh -huh. we let to, to everybody. And there's some landlords that, that don't want to have pets, and that's mm -hmm. totally fine, totally understandable. Um, but however, BIM property, yeah, they are very good at helping assist prospective tenants with pets, aren't we they? We do, yeah. We're members of the Let's With Pets uh, programme. Um, again, you know, we try and be, you know, we try and have common sense there. Yeah. You know, people pay, a, you know, a slightly higher deposit. Um, people sign a pet agreement where right. they you know will steam clean the property at the end and make sure they're looking after it repair mm -hmm. any damages over and above wear and tear right um again you know common sense mm -hmm. you know if, if someone owns a newfoundland uh, dog and they want mm -hmm. to rent a one bed flat at the top of a tenement <laughs> that's, that's probably not sensible um but you know it's it's just good you've got to yeah. think about it and and you know, we, a, a lot of pets come with, with references. Mm -hmm. um, we've seen some lovely letters written about pets. Um, one recently was one of our tenants had a cat called Tom, um, which is quite relevant with City Lights. And uh, Tom came very well recommended by all parties concerned. <laughs> must be the name. Um, it must be. Um, but again, yes, I mean, ultimately... You know, family homes, mm -hmm. families have pets quite often. Yeah. And, and you, if you discount that, you're, you're probably discounting a great mm -hmm. chunk of the market. Because you do see a lot of adverts with, you know, a no pets policy absolutely. included. And, so. and we have landlords that don't want pets and yeah. that's absolutely fine. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, it's everyone's choice. People are allergic to pets. Yeah. You also have tenants that, that want to know that the property has never had pets in it because they've got allergies. Preview, so yes. the balance has to be, has to be thought about and, and sort of taken into consideration. Well, ending on a more light-hearted note, um, tell some funny stories from your, your world of renting. Um, well, there's quite a few that I probably can't talk about. Um, <laughs> pretty much seen it all, I'd like to think. Um, we've seen S&M outfits left behind. Oh my cats goodness. left in properties. Cats left in properties. Uh, yes, we had to phone a tenant up who'd left his cat. Um, How do you forget your cat? Just totally had forgotten his cat, <laughs> it, hidden in a cupboard. Um, we've even had... A sitting tenant in itself. Well, there you go. Um, luckily, we didn't have to go to the first-tier tribunal to, <laughs> to evict the cat. Um, all ended well. Mm -hmm. We've had tenants phone up about ghosts. Um, no. Yeah, um, things moving, uh, noises, uh, ghosts in the garden. Ghosts in the garden? Um, yeah. Um, Sleepwalking tenants, perhaps. Yeah. So, again, we, we've, we've seen pretty much... Pretty much everything. Yeah. Some of which can be mentioned, some of which can't. Oh, well, Again, maybe save, save the rest for later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's that's pretty much pretty much us. Well, listen, it's been a pleasure. So thank you for coming in. Thank you very much, Gillian, for having me. We'll see you again. Thanks. Thank you. I'm Gillian Semler. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe to the Let's Talk channel on all the usual platforms, including Spotify, iTunes and SoundCloud, as well as on citylets.co.uk forward slash podcasts. And also let your friends know where to find us. Let's Talk is a dedicated property show providing insight into the world of property letting. More information on today's show can always be found on our show notes along with this podcast. If you want to get in touch, just reach out. Let's talk at citylets.co.uk.